Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled TIFF 23 review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's day two of the 48th annual Toronto International Film Festival, and we're already burnt out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, we are uh, a little tired already, a little rundown already, which is, uh, I think, more so just been busy leading up to the festival yeah. and then uh, you got very little sleep because you had to go to the boy and the heron this morning which you guys can check out our full review which is out uh, right now for the tiff opening night film um but yeah we're chilling uh, right by the scotiabank theater we're about to see a couple more movies uh but right now we're going to talk about vim vendors perfect days he's back baby and better than ever uh this is vim vendors best film since wings of desire which was in the late 80s wow yeah uh but there was a time when vin vendors was one of the best international filmmakers working um from the 70s into the late 1980s um you you look at something like paris texas which there will be a couple of times in this conversation I'll, I'll i'll reference it because there's a kind of um inverse version of paris texas happening in this movie um but then there's also you know films like the american friend which is loosely based off of um patricia highsmith's character uh thomas ripley a lot of people will remember from Tom ripley's believe it or not yes ripley's believe it or not no matt damon played him in <laughs> anthony mangela's yeah. uh, the talented mr ripley yeah, yeah. series of books purple purple noon things like that uh, dennis hopper played him in, in the american friend um and you know there was a style, a distinct style. His road films as well, the road trilogy um, that him and Robbie Mueller created in the 1980s with something like Paris, Texas, where it's that neon lit kind of um, uh, atmospheric look to his, his style. And watching this, it feels very stripped down and restrained. It's a story about a uh, service worker uh, in Japan who um, is basically going from one public washroom to another and cleaning up and facilitating them. And it's just basically a slice of life, routine oriented kind of story where you see this character who's almost silent yeah. throughout the entire movie. Um, it's not it's not a silent performance per se, but he does speak, but only really when he needs to and what he needs to get across in terms of just you know the the bare minimum. Um, Koji uh, Yakashoa is one of those character actors that's been around for for a long time. I mean, uh, he's in Tampopo uh, when uh, when he was much younger, but a lot of people I think will remember him from. Um, this really amazing Japanese movie called Cure, where he plays a detective in that. And then he was also, uh, unfortunately, in Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu's, uh Babel. And, oh, yeah. And he's kind of like one of the, the main characters in that storyline. So he's, he's one of those guys, when you see him, you, you've probably seen him in something. Um, his, his filmography is incredible. It's, it's so vast. He's, I, I don't think he's ever really stopped working. But here, it's just about how dignified he is as a person and how he approaches the job in such a way that 
he respects what he's doing, what he, uh, you know, it's, it's very minimalist in that way, and there's just something about the rhythms of this film that yeah. really suck you into the routines it. Yeah. and everything like that. Man, I loved this movie. Like yeah. I, I'm new. Uh, I'm a new Vim head or a, what do they call? What does Vim call his uh, uh, fan? You're voice? a Vimeo. Uh, yeah, Vimeo? <laughs> I'm part of the Vimeo gang. Um, I uh, not. I, I know of Vim vendors. Uh, I uh, I'm a bad cinephile, and I've always made fun of myself of being like I won't watch anything before 1989, the year I was born. That's half a joke. You know, three quarters of a joke. Uh, I am bad about going back and watching um, older movies, and I think with Vim vendors, to your point, not having a uh, probably a above average movie since the '80s, uh, I haven't had a huge desire to go and watch his filmography. Uh, but you know, me, especially during TIFF, I'm open to watching anything. And um, Perfect Day sounded interesting. It was one of the pre-screenings that we had. Um, I like, uh, not. I guess this is technically Japanese cinema because it's being submitted as Japan's entry to the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, even though Vim Vendor's uh, not Japanese. No. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, I do tend to, whenever I watch Japanese cinema, uh, uh, like it. And um, this just uh, completely caught me off guard. I uh, fell into that routine, fell into a trance throughout the whole thing, and, and fell in love with this movie. Um it's subtle. It's not much is happening, but you're just kind of living with this man throughout his work week as he goes and cleans bathrooms in a beautiful washrooms in Japan, nicer than my condo. These are um, these are washrooms where you would be willing to uh, get an Airbnb at. Yeah, like yeah. they are gorgeous looking washrooms, and just this, you kind of just get sucked in, and it, like you said, there's very little dialogue. It's just him going to clean these bathrooms. There's you know his e eccentric younger. Uh, colleague that comes to work with him and, and different things like that. These little characters you meet throughout and his interactions with them of, of not really talking with them but just being with them and he's always kind and generous to, to people and these sequences these dreamlike sequences that uh, involve his photography that he does on his, on his lunch break and little things like that but um, I just loved how it told you so much without telling you anything at all. And I think that's what I loved about it. I feel like in this performance and in this movie, um, it doesn't need to spoon feed you. It doesn't need to give you exposition about his family history or, or why he's in the situation that he's in. And not that he's in a bad situation. He's just living his life. Um, I love that there's so much storytelling without... Uh, just visually throughout these routines that he goes about. It's show, and, don't tell. And, yeah, it really is show, don't tell. And um, I thought it's gorgeous in its cinematography and its locations. These toilets and, and places that he cleans are uh, the architecture in them. I'm like, man, I wish we had public washrooms that were like this. Um, and then when it gets into kind of more of the plot, I guess in air quotes, um, in the last act, um, I even think it handles that pretty well and is in a show, don't tell kind of way too. And uh, I thought this was a wonderful, wonderful little movie and I was really caught off guard by it. Yeah, it's 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 a sneaky little film, and I think you know it playing can he he won the uh, the best actor prize. Okay, um, it, it still is uh, underselling how much of a kind of just a, a beautifully made character study it is um, when it comes to just living in this environment with this person day after day and the routine 
pretty much repeating itself over and over again, but maybe the editing or the day is shorter, you know, to get to, to a, a difference or something that's maybe a little slightly bit more off from the day before, but still a lot of it is through repetition, right? You know, like you, you he wakes up to the sound of the street sweeper uh, cleaning off the side of the road and gets ready for work. He puts a towel around his neck. You know, he, he gets a, a coffee, a nice coffee out of a vending machine, uh, Vim Vendors' vending machine, uh, which would be great. Um, and there's one scene where it's just so relatable, especially with how we're, what state we're in now, where yeah. he gets to. Um, and so, but like, those little changes in his routine yeah. is where that storytelling comes from, right? Or exactly. where you see that switch it from going from the weekday to the weekend and yeah. how he his routine changes on the weekend, right? Or what he does after work and like all dry, kind of things. dry cleaning yeah. and doing laundry, or when he goes to, you know, um, a, a bar or um, a, a restaurant, he's always ordering water, never any alcohol ever. Um, and those things are telling you something. Or even his relationship with his family, which becomes a, a, a an important plot point in that second to third act. Yeah. And, and it's strange to introduce something that's so pivotal that late in the story and without getting too far into details about it. Um, and this is why I wanted to mention Paris, Texas, because in Paris, Texas, you have Harry Dean Stanton's character who emerges from the desert. Uh, he hasn't seen his son in a very long time and he goes to kind of um get him from his brother played by dean stockwell not to to take him away from um his brother and his wife but to kind of go on a road trip to find uh the the boy's mother and it becomes kind of a bonding experience in this you have the child or the kid in this case uh his niece the niece coming to find you know this character yeah and so it reminded me a little bit of, of of paris texas that way and then there's also a reference uh one of the main things that we haven't talked about is that um this is very pro physical media oh yeah um, the music in this is amazing cassettes yeah. specifically and how you know when he's driving from one location to another he'll throw on you know uh cassettes by uh the animals or or um uh, Patty Smith and and Lou Reed. I mean, Perfect Days. That's what the title is well, yeah, referencing. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple of moments where you know he'll be driving along or going somewhere and be picking up things and you know talking to people about. We're not talking to people, but just kind of people will be talking to him about his music or um, you know life in general, and he's just kind of observing their you know just how they're kind of expressing themselves and and i think a lot of people feel that he's a good listener because he doesn't really ever talk yeah you know but it, it yeah it's just fascinating looking at it as like a a pro physical media movie but going back to the 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 references as well patricia highsmith gets referenced when you know he's always picking up new books to read and um one is or references to her um but there is that poetry of him also like taking moments when people are using the washroom as uh, a, a way of uh, escaping, you know, into nature. He seems to have a fondness for um, plants, tree trees, and, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, his, how he tends to his trees and part of that routine and everything. Yeah, um, absolutely gorgeous. In, uh, it was four by three, wasn't it? Yeah, it, like, it's a boxed-in uh, aspect, boxed aspect ratio. Which I always 
like, especially in something like this. Uh, the cinematography, amazing. Music's fantastic. Acting, great. Yeah, just one of my favorites of the festival. I think there's only maybe one other movie that uh, had a bigger impact on me, and we'll talk about that movie soon. But um, absolutely loved this. I'm going to give it uh, a four and a half out of five. I really, really loved it, yeah. Yeah, I'll also give it a four and a half out of five. And, and I really do feel this is Vim Vendors, at least when you're looking at his narrative films. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people really love uh, Pina, um, but he hasn't been this good in such a long time. And I, I know like a lot of people that are watching this for, if this is your first Vim Vendors movie, I, I think like the, me. the comparison would be Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. But Jim Jarmusch copied Vim Vendors sure. back in the day in terms of that hangout style that's plotless but also kind of um eccentric and idiosyncratic with characters idolizing uh western music specifically they like are, i think about yeah. mystery train and yeah. things like that in terms of jim jarmusch sure um so yeah there's a lot of uh, there's a lot there in terms of just a really solid um meditation on life but also just being content i think that's the 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 word to describe this is you know just being being okay with what you have yeah yeah finding happiness in those little details yeah absolutely couldn't have said it better myself uh well thank you all for listening uh we really do appreciate it you can check out our reviews uh of the boy and the heron um as well as anatomy of a fall um, we'll also have more reviews for things like uh, Dumb Money and uh, Dick's the Musical um, and more, a lot, a lot more over the next 10 days. So uh, you'll find all those reviews right here on Untitled Movie Reviews on all podcast services. Uh, also check everything out over on uh, Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. The YouTube versions will be up later, but they won't be videos anyway. So your best bet is to just... Uh, favorite podcast service of choice you can get all these audio reviews uh as always my name is matt roebeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com you can follow me on all those social medias at matt roebeck and i'm eric march and you can find more of uh, my work on the social medias because we're we're basically everywhere and nowhere at the same time uh at em6211 until next time it's such a perfect day oh we feel like garbage two iced coffees maybe yeah <laughs>